Seller Nation, welcome to Dan O'Matt Season 2, and thank you for making Season 1 a huge success and our effort to help 2,000 sellers reclaim their craft. Matt, what were the latest numbers from Season 1? Dan, it's awesome, and a thank you to the people who have, who have leaned in on this and shared it with their networks. Dan, we've got over 30 countries engaged, 1,500 users over a 90-day period. We're picking up anywhere between 15 and 50 on any given day. And what we set out to do in the beginning of this, and I think uh, as we continue to move forward, we're going to continue to build more groundswell around the original series. But the intention is uh, is to make that an evergreen series. That should be something that continues on in perpetuity. People in and outside of technology can take benefit from listening to some of the guidance that was put together there and collected, not only from ourselves, but the people who empowered us with their wisdom. Yeah, I love that you said evergreen. I was talking to a family member that works in insurance. They had listened to the podcast And they said, listen, a lot of the techniques that you're teaching in there actually applies to any industry and and where you're selling. I mean, when you and I both went into this, we thought it was really tech specific. But I think at the end of the day, it's really specific whether you're in marketing, whether you're in IT or whether you're in sales. You need to treat every interaction in corporate America or within your career as a sales cycle. 100%. You know, there's some breadcrumbs we left for people in that first episode that they're going to see us come back to. And I think a big one for both you and I and some of the prep that we did prior to jumping into the second season here is the the concept is that everything is a sales cycle. Taking the things that we do best as sales professionals and applying them to the things that are in front of us on a daily basis, there's just a ton of continuity between what we do to be successful in our roles and how we run and manage the cycles to ensure our customers are successful and that we're meeting and achieving objectives, consistent cadence. Those can be applied to other areas of our life and we can drive success through what we know best and what we do best. Absolutely. So when we think about season two, so you're tuning in, uh, if you haven't subscribed, hit the bell on whatever platform you're using. These are meant to be listened to in succession. Matt and I have 40 years combined in sales And when we think about you have to get the role first before you start selling. Season two is really going to be focused on how you win the 90-day onboarding. Because, Matt, when I think about your career and my career, aren't you always in the interview? I mean, even the first 90 days, the first year, the first two, you're just always being interviewed and you're always interviewing others, right? And it's really anchored on trust in every interaction that you do. So when you think about the first 90 days, and we can start at the boot camp level, they spend a lot of time on product, right? And I always tell younger sellers, if you know the sales process, it doesn't matter what bells and widgets that you need to do because you're navigating somebody to a decision. Why don't you build a little bit on first impressions to first 90 days of onboarding. Yeah. First, I've been at the same company for 11 years. I still feel like I'm in an interview. Every time I talk to somebody I haven't met before, that process starts over. And, and to your point, it's building trust. When you go into a boot camp, my favorite thing about it is you like that first day of school feeling. The only time is in, a, in, like, in your adult life, maybe outside of your wedding, where you're just like, I don't know what to do, <laughs> right? Because nobody wants to make a mistake. Everybody is there for some shared purpose. They just haven't fully understood it yet. And I'm referring to kind of day one, but everybody's there in an effort to prove themselves. What I liked about bootcamp is like, I feel like I show up really well in that first impression. And I wanted and I wanted to take it serious. One, I was leaving a place where I was super unhappy. So I was just excited to be somewhere else. And Salesforce was new and shiny. For people who go into that, whether it be five day or, or two week bootcamp process, like you got to go in with an orchestrated plan and you have to have thought through that plan. Who do you want to be? How do you want to articulate it? And how are you going to execute on 
that strategy. And it doesn't really stop there. It's just a repeat of that cycle in a bigger motion once you're enrolled on day one outside of boot camp. Yeah. When you talk about that first impression, I've been in boot camps where there's 50, 60 people in that boot camp class. That's your graduating class. So if you show up right, thinking of group exercises, I was at a company where there was a champion in the presentation stage, and I was going to win that champion presentation stage. It was just a sticker on a computer. But when you think about it, you're starting to build I think, A, a competitive sales culture. And that's why you're there. So you get to bring that experience. Two, what I really like about that is, is when you win the presentation, later on that night when you're having dinner, people come up and introduce themselves to you. They link into you. Number three is you really get to learn who are going to be the people that are in it with you because they were like, hey, I was in your boot camp, right? And they might be in product marketing. They might be an SC, a CSM, or somebody that might even be on your team. But you're starting to build shared purpose in those first four or five days in that boot camp, and, and if they're good, they're going to stick around with you in a longer run. Yeah, in the organizations that I've been at, even the executives go through boot camp. So in my boot camp, we had a senior vice president of engineering. So she oversaw all of engineering out of San Francisco at that point. She joined us from Oracle, and she was awesome, super likable, approachable, super sharp. And like circumstance had it, I just sat next to her one day, and I was like, I have no idea. You know, at that time, I was pretty low on the totem pole compared to her. I still am today. Right. But like she was that high up and created a relationship with her. She was in a group I was in. And two years later, she was the executive sponsor on a, on a giant deal that we were working on. To your point, it, our relationship started in a place where we were all in a humble beginning. There's that shared experience of everything was new. We were all drinking through a fire hose and we went through it together. And it didn't matter the level you were at. It just mattered that you were there during that time together. She leaned way in to help out because of that. And now I maintain that relationship also and leveraged her for some executive sponsorship and some mentoring and things like that. So when we finally met face to face again, it wasn't like a handshake. It was a hug. Like we were we were in it together. And that's just one of several. And there were friends that I made that are still with the organization today that are running engineering organizations, like even in India, because it was a global boot camp. And those are still people that even if you don't see them, there's a laugh, there's a hug. There's just this experience you went through together. Maybe in hindsight, I could look back and say, I look forward to, to it, but I don't remember if I actually did going into it. But I know looking back, it was it was a fond memory. Yeah, because we're going to move on to the actual 90-day onboarding, uh, which really what we're saying is it's a 90-day interview. Go to Bootcamp Intentional and write down what are some of your goals. I, I need to meet somebody in product. I need to meet somebody in marketing and sales and my different SEs, because you never know where they're going to help you later on in the cycle. Go into bootcamp intentional, and that's going to actually help you if you're going on a longer run, right? Because you're going to just extend and diversify that network. You get through bootcamp, and I want your perspective on this, Matt. I've seen AEs, they do all the work, they get hired, they're on this like three-month non-recoverable draw, right? And it's the safest place you're ever going to be as a seller because they're expecting you to know the product. And then there's this internal pressure if you're an A player. And that internal pressure is, I got to go meet with a customer my first or second week and I got to close a deal. Because until you close your first deal at a new company, there's no trust with anybody. I think it's like you have to show that you can do it here. We know you were good before, but can you do it here? That first 90 days, a lot of AEs spend a lot of time watching product videos over those two weeks, or they'll shadow calls with people that are on their team. But what do you think is the right approach, Matt, when you get in there in those first four weeks, when you're inside those four walls? Yeah, great. So you've gone through boot camp, you've met a bunch of people, 
maybe there's a handful of takeaways that actually get you started quickly in meaningful activity and looking at the business in a meaningful way that's going to help drive to the way you're measured, your KPIs. Where I see people fall short is when they get wrapped around the axle on what do all of our products do and how do they do it? Because we all know when you go into a sales cycle, you're not pitching a product, you're pitching the vision for how you and your organization solve their problems. So product doesn't come until the order form and it's the last piece of the sales cycle. So don't worry about it first. What you, what you should be focused on are is building your brand, building your network, you're building your own referral buzz, you're building your network internally, the people that are going to support you, the people that are going to be in the trenches with you, the people that are going to essentially stand shoulder to shoulder with you when you're trying to win over uh, how your products or services drive value for the customer. You should be focused more on getting the group orchestrated and building trust within that group. So those people want to show up for you on day one. And that takes time and it takes an understanding of who they are, what makes them tick, how they're measured and be transparent and ask those questions. So you can ensure that when you're asking them to get in the boat with you, you're tying back why it's important to how they're also measured. There's going to be some people that are just naturally orchestrated towards the same measurement of you. Don't be afraid to step in on day one and start making those relationships. You're going to have some key customers that are big fans of your products and services. Call those people first, get warmed up on them. They'll, you know, they'll lean in a little bit more than some of the folks that are on the peripherals. Maybe you got to fall on your face super fast. You got to cut your teeth as fast as you can. Don't lose sight of the things that make you really good. You know how to ask questions because you've, you've likely come from another sales environment. Be inquisitive, be curious, be humble, be honest, and, and be a little bit vulnerable in those initial conversations with your customers and build relationships there. All right, Matt, why don't you close us out with a little bit of wisdom? People who enjoy meetings should not be in charge of anything. 